This game was back and forth and had everyone on edge. I knew I had a good group of girls to work with. If I could just get them to invest in flag football, I know that we could be good. It felt like I was coaching for the first time in my career as a head coach. Comes in, does a circle around the stadium. Of course he does, the dramatics. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. And we have co-pilots this week. It's a bit of a different setting because of uh, all of the activity going on in the next month here around the country. And GPB has its part. You might have been watching programming on GPB with all of the debates with candidates who are uh, chasing after elected office. And uh, for the next month, the GPB is going to be doing a lot of that. So Hannah and I are doing this week's remotely as you're looking at the video version and uh, Hannah's got some Hannah's got some company where I'm here in my office and Hannah's in her house but you've got you've got a co-pilot this week yeah I'm in my guest room so since we were having the debates John and I got kicked out of GPB so here we are at home the sport the sports team's at home and I have got my Boston Terrier Luna 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 is like oh can I go now (laughs) She's I'm our done. old lady. She's 10 in February, and she's here to help us out with the podcast today, John. She's like, okay, here's how I'll help you out. Can I go now? That, that's Where's what Rowdy? Looking. Where's Rowdy? Rowdy is with uh, the boss. Rowdy is up Aww. on the, Rowdy's up on the mid-level sleeping because uh, he, he has had uh, breakfast, and so he's hanging out with uh, the boss while she, you know, he's got he's to protect her. That's his number one job here at, the, at, at uh, Office HD is to make sure that the boss, meaning my wife, Patty, is protected 24-7. And so that's uh, that's what he's doing upstairs. And so, uh, oh, by the way, before we go any further, we have a new friend. Oh, let's see. And you weren't wrong. Luna is really trying to leave. So. Yeah, okay. Luna, Luna's out the door. You're so. done You're done with your job. Yeah, Luna's Good out. Job. Good job. Courtesy of our friends in Swainsboro. Ooh, let's see it. Oh, Swain- that's a nice one. Gold? Swain- yeah. Swain- Golden black? Yeah, Swainsboro. Swainsboro is the, you see, there we go. And so this is brought to us by our friends in Swainsboro, Coach Roberts and everybody there. So that uh, looks like a new helmet. That doesn't look as chipped up as they normally do. Uh, it is a 2019. Okay, so, not too uh, bad. Yeah, so no, this one, this one is, uh, I mean, it's got, it's got some, it's got some chipping and some paint trading that has been, that has been worked on. But yeah, thanks to our friends. Once again, thanks to our friends there in Swainsboro. So we have a new friend that is going to be added to the stacks, and we will show that off again Thursday for uh, for countdown to kickoff. We will show that in the studio. And coming up a little later on in the show, uh, Hannah has some new things that she gets to add to her wardrobe, and so oh, we'll, yes. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we we're teasing that just so you can make sure that you get to hang out and see what's going on. I know. I'm excited to see him. All right. Here's what else is coming up on the rest of the show. We're going to recap our football Fridays in Georgia game of the week, Mill Creek versus Buford. Some heavy weights in that one. Take a look at what happened in big games around the state preview Friday's matchup between Carrollton and Westlake. And that'll lead us to Brooks County head coach, Maurice Freeman and a flag football update as well. And we will hear from Southeast Bullock coach in flag. So I'm really excited for today's show, John. Let's get right to it. Let's recap our game. It was a huge one. Region 8, 7A matchup, Mill Creek, Buford, Tom Ryden Stadium. On top of it all, though, you had 
Kirby Smart there. Yeah. You had the Ohio I'm State. In from helicopter, right? yeah. I know. You saw the helicopter circling around and landing with Kirby Smart. The Ohio State head coach Ryan Day was there. Over 10 NFL reps in attendance. What was the atmosphere like before the game, John? About 10,000 people. Let's see. Sean Elliott from Georgia State was there. His staff was represented. I saw a couple of SOCON coaches from Samford East Tennessee State. You had two representatives from the University of Alabama, no Nick Saban, considering he had a game to lose uh, in Knoxville the next day. So he had uh, two coaches there. Del McGee was there before uh, Kirby Smart was for the University of Georgia. Georgia Tech was represented. Uh, Mercer was represented. West Georgia was represented. You had a lot of folks there. But wow. I think also, if you're a fan of certain teams in the particular conference where it just means more, the fact that you didn't have coaches there yeah. might be more of a, an eyebrow raiser for you. But it's one of the, the louder environments that we've been in in quite some time, 80, 8,200, I think, 8,000 seats. Then you had another uh, 1,000 or 1,200 in walk-up plus band plus passes. That put it to about 10,000, according to Dexter Wood. I'm uh, Buford High, but no, it was a fantastic environment. It was great to see everybody there, and it was a packed house, packed sidelines, and it was it was a fun one. I, and hopefully, we got to convey that on on GPB just how crazy an atmosphere it was just even before kickoff. I mean, when you have two of the top players in the state going to Alabama and mm -hmm. Caleb Downs and Justice Haynes, Kirby Smart's like, I'm good to make an appearance. Yeah, it, it comes, and, and honestly, it was it was straight out of a movie. And that was why I kind of played it that way, because you, you look to the northeast, you look toward Athens and seriously, like about 10 of seven, you just see this one spotlight coming at you with a with a West Cam and a helicopter, and you kind of know who it is. And yeah. so he's making the entrance, not a cloud in the sky. You just see like pink sky behind, and you see a helicopter just working its way from the northeast. And then of course, what does he do? Instead of going straight to the practice field, the upper practice field, the land comes in, does a circle around the stadium. Of course he does. The dramatics. Kind of has the has the pilot kind of dip the wing a little bit so you could dip the rotor a little bit so you can kind of take a peek. Give a wave from the door. I did not see I did not see a wave as as the the helicopter was making its bank, but uh, you know it was it was one of those moments that you sit there and, and that's what it's all about these days with uh, high powered high school football and the college coaches that are attached to it. But no, it was definitely one of those moments where it was straight out of a movie. And it's like you're just waiting for it, like you know one of those movies. That literally, the the helicopter is the only thing coming. You just have the the and great work by our guys in the in the. On top yeah. of the press box, by the way, to to get that whole thing and cut together. But now it was it was definitely a moment that was befitting of the evening, no doubt about it. Well, let's talk more about the game and Justice Haynes. So the Wolves become the favorite to win the region once again with the 39 to 27 win. Justice Haynes was our Cotton Commission player of the game. He rushed 20 times for 216 yards and two scores. So this game was back and forth and had everyone on edge. But Buford finally pulled away in the fourth. John, what were your what was your assessment of the fourth quarter and of the momentum shifts in the game? Well, I mean, there's just the sheer depth that you got to see uh, of both of these teams. And, uh, you know, early on, Buford gets out to the, that big lead, and then Mill Creek works their way back in, works their way back in, works their way back in. But then just the the depth and and uh, when you can hand the ball off to someone like a Justice Haynes there in the fourth quarter to get those key first downs, to get the clock moving when the, the game was a 12-point game and you needed to work some clock 
you end up with a drive, I think, that took up just under five minutes, and that ate up half the quarter right there to try to solidify things. You didn't get another score out of it, but you end up flipping the field, and Mill Creek would have to work from the right-hand side of the screen all the way down to the left, and they didn't quite do it, and that was how the margin ended up at 12. Just, uh, you know, fantastic work by both of these teams, and I know that as we're all plotting out our brackets, we're anticipating seeing them very, very deep in the 7A playoffs come this year. Let's take a look around the rest of the state. We'll start up north. Two ranked teams battled it out for the top spot in Region 8. Single A Division 1, Raven County defeated Elbert County 41-21. In Cobb County, Cambridge versus Kell was also for the lead in that region. Region 6-5A, Cambridge beat Kell 42-24. In the east, Aquinas versus Lincoln County was a great game in Region 8. Single A Division 2. Lincoln County pulled out the win 28-24. In Central Georgia Region 2 AAA rivalry with two great defenses. That one happened in Fort Valley. Peach County beat Mary Persons 35-18. And finally, John, one of the biggest games of the night, in my opinion. This one was in South Georgia. Early County was 7-0 heading into Friday's game. Already clinched the Region 1 Single A Division 2 title. The Bobcats had a non-region game against Brooks County, who had not played in three weeks that didn't matter because the trojans beat the bobcats 34 to 7 what a wild game for maurice freeman no doubt about it so let's go ahead and hear from the man the head coach of the victoria's brooks county trojans here he is maurice freeman as he always brings the hammer hanging out with us batting lead off this week is a man who finally got to play a football game after a couple of weeks off maurice freeman the head coach of brooks county Coach, thanks for hanging out with us here on the podcast. What was it like to finally play a game after a couple of weeks? Oh, I couldn't believe it. I was so nervous. It was ridiculous, man. It felt like I was coaching for the first time in my career as a head coach. Uh, 28 days, the month of February is, is how long it took us to play a ball game. And uh, we were very excited about it. So, uh, uh, you know, just didn't want to get overly excited and didn't want the kids to be kind of out of whack because we were so excited and they were excited. And we were worried about them playing flat or going out, playing too fast and just giving out the gas quickly. Um, so, uh, you know, but I'm glad it got there and, and uh, we got a chance to play. Well, you certainly didn't skip a beat. You go 5-1 and one with a 34-7 win over Early County. That had to feel good. So 28 days, you haven't played since September 16th. Do you have more confidence now in the team that, look, we can go all this time and still come out with the win? No, 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 I don't want to do that again. No, no, I need to play every week so so we can practice and have something to look forward to. I was about to check in the rehab, man. I was in state. So for those that don't know why you were off for a, a month of Fridays, go into that because I know that you had some bye weeks that were wrapped up into that. There was a game that was supposed to happen. But for those that don't know why you were off for so long, break that down. We played Bainbridge, was a 4A school, um, won a state title a couple of years ago, pretty doggone good football team. So I wanted to buy a week after them because normally when you're a class A school and you're playing a 4A or 5A school, you, you, you have a tendency to get beat up pretty good. And so I wanted that bye week behind that week so we could get healthy. And then we had homecoming, which was Pike. And then we had a bye week so that they could get all that homecoming mess out of their system. Turns out we didn't have a homecoming. Pike decided not to play. Uh, we look on Max Prep. Pike has another team. Mm -hmm. 
So they are playing and we are not, and there was nothing we could do about it. Georgia High School Association has no jurisdiction over Alabama schools. So there was nothing we could do about it, but start looking for other schools. And in the state of Georgia, there weren't very many that we could play um, that were open except for Ware County. We just finished playing a doggone for 4A school. So I really did not want to get into that. Uh, I wanted to play, but I didn't want to play um, because they are pretty doggone physical also. Um, and and then, then some school out of uh, Maryland called. Turns out it was a prep school. And uh, they got 20 and 21 year olds. So uh, we decided we weren't going to play all the old people. I don't think they had any else building left. <laughs> so we didn't have anybody to play. So we went 28 days without a daggone football game, man. And I was about to check in the green league. Well, we're glad that you did not check in. So what did those three weeks look like for you and the team? Explaining to the team why we weren't playing, explaining to the fans why we weren't playing, explaining to my principal and everybody why we were not playing. And then people were looking, fans were looking at uh, other teams. And when they said open, they thought they needed a game. So people were bombarding me with teams saying, hey, coach, they got an opening. They got, no, they don't. They didn't have an opening. So I had to try to re-explain that. It became kind of frustrating. Um, and then just practicing, beating on each other, and not seeing another colored uniform, that was that was tough. That was tough. So you had one stretch where you said, we might have a game. Oh, no, we don't. We might have a game. Oh, no, we don't. And and that was depressing for the players and for the coaches and for the fans. Uh, We got a football crazy community down here. They love the great game of football. And for us to go that long without a game, man, we we needed a fix in a bad way. So it was tough. Even even John was trying to find you a game, Coach. (laughs) I'm serious. I mean, we were on the show every week, and it it was either on this one or on Friday night when I explained the situation with with uh, with Pike Liberal Arts because it wasn't just you; it was Bowden and Rich Fr- and, and and Rich uh, Rich Finley who also got into that same situation because they had them plotted in their schedule just as well. So it was both you and Bowden that got uh, taken off the board by by Pike Liberal Arts. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, "Look, need a game, got a game." They're looking for stuff with, you know, and so I, I was literally openly canvassing, trying to help out in that process for that whole month. Well, that, that's not an easy deal to do, John. We, we've got a decent football team down here. And you, you know for yourself, four and five A schools don't want to play a class A school if they got a chance of losing. Mm-hmm. Because you not only lose that game, you still have a chance of losing your, your job. <laughs> so I understand that. Uh, you, you know, and, and we wanted a like opponent, one of class A or double A school, but you know, I, I claim I'll play anybody and I will just about play anybody. Um, but that doesn't go well with administrators sometimes when a class A school says they'll play you and you jump on that ship and, uh, and then you mess around and you take an L. Now you got a problem, you got some things to explain. Oh man, I know. And you're also combining all of that with being in, you know, and like I said, and we were, when we had the discussion, when I came down to visit, you're in a mini region, MINI, where you've only got a handful of games, you've got a sprint, and then you're in the playoffs and you've got to figure out, okay, I'm going to, I've got Bainbridge, I've got Pike Liberal Arts, I've got all of these other schools as a part of this non-region schedule. And you had that as a problem to begin with. 
And then when folks are bailing out, it adds to the problem. But I don't think folks understand that it's really a problem in three dimensions that's been created because of all that stuff. And I still have that same problem next year now. Oh, man. That's so true. as soon as this season's over, I've got to try to find a team. And it's probably not a team out of Georgia. It's probably a team out of Florida. I'm a little nervous about teams out of Alabama now. So, but I still got, I, I still have a problem. Well, we certainly hope that you can get that fixed. You got, you got some time until next season. So I have some, some faith coach that you can bring it together. Let's talk region play your O and O you get your region opener next Friday. Well, this coming Friday against Irwin County, that is going to be such a game, good game. It's going to be on my top five games list to watch preview that one for us. What's it going to take to get your first region win? You know what? You got to go back to, we lost a state title to Irwin. We won a state title versus Irwin. Now we're playing again for this was really in our region, four team region. This is probably safe to say this is for the region title. Yeah. Wow. You know, um, uh, Pelham is struggling. Bacon is struggling. Um, uh, we're the two teams that are two top dogs in this region. Um, so this is first and second place. Um, it's a big ball game. Glad it's here at Brooks. We'll make some money and we need home field advantage. We need our fans to come out and just be crazy and just have us a great time. But these are two well-oiled teams that play some real good physical football and it prepares you for the playoffs. And, you know, who knows? We might see each other again later on down the line. You've got some great playmakers too, coach running back Chris Cole rushed for 112 yards on 15 carries and his two fourth quarter touchdowns put the game away against early. Talk about him and, and what is working on your offense. Well, Cole is, is, is a young, a young running back. He's doing well. He's getting better week by week. We've, we, we are being very patient with him. He's a sophomore and not trying to push him too hard. And uh, uh, he was banged up a little early in the season. So we've taken our time with him and we feel like, now he's progressing and we're waiting for him to explode. I'm waiting to see him have a 200 yard night. That, that'll be big time. So we're expecting that Jamal Sanders, our quarterback is going to do his thing. You know, Jamal, um, he throws the ball. Well, he runs the ball. Well, so uh, hopefully we can have a two hit monster real soon. All right. At the end of the recruiting 2022 show, we, we always have the segment called make that kid an offer where it's where, where Hannah, Matt, and I, we kind of canvass the state and we ask coaches all around the state for submissions for athletes that either, for whatever reason, they, they're, they're not tall enough, they're not big enough, they're not whatever, they're, that they're being overlooked. Is there someone or a couple of someones down there in Quitman that would qualify as either make that kid an offer or make that kid a better offer from what you've seen from your team so far this year through six games? Of course, Jamal Sanders, our quarterback, which is an athlete, uh, Kamari Blankensee, which is outside linebacker, and, uh, and uh, um, Henderson, Jonathan Henderson, which is another outside linebacker, strong safety. All three of those guys have a couple of offers, Albany State, Fort Valley. They've got a couple of offers. Uh, and, and I'm not slighting those at all. I, I'm a guy that wants these kids to have quality education. Uh, but I feel as though um, that they, they, they are under-recruited. Uh, they all have the GPA, the SAT, ACT scores. They've got everything uh, that, that you need. And it looks like they got a lot of room to grow. They, they don't mind working in the weight room. They don't mind working track and things of that nature. So I, I'm looking for some more teams to come in and make those three kids an offer. 
for those who are watching the video version of this, early on, Hannah had some co-piloting that was going on there in her studio. Now, which one was that Jack or who was that? This is Luna. Okay, it's Luna. Okay, so Luna was hanging out with, with Hannah and Luna is not wanting to be on camera. My question for you, coach, is where's Hammer? Hammer backyard. He's uh, kind of hanging out back there. He's stretching and doing his thing back there. Uh, uh, so, And I'm in the front. I'm on the front porch, as a matter of fact. But he's in the back, so I better leave him back there. He doesn't interview well. Uh, uh, <laughs> apparently. Well, that was going to be that was gonna be my question on the postgame show. We always ask coaches where they're calling in from. So I was going to ask you where you're calling in from because it looks beautiful. Yeah, there's a pond back there. Look there. at that. That's gorgeous. That's the fishing pond. Yeah, it's my pond. It's a pond back. It's my front porch. That's gorgeous. Well, Coach, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for joining us on this on this beautiful Monday afternoon. Um, and we'll let you go and, and enjoy the day. Have a good day. Thanks. Maurice Freeman, head coach of the Brooks County Trojans, hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. That's you see that it's fun when we get to to see coaches in that kind of an environment where Maurice, yeah, he's on his front porch. And yeah. it, it was definitely something that we did not anticipate with, uh, with Maurice. I, you know, I thought it might've been like a school setting or something like that. Now he's on his front porch and he's got his fishing pond behind him. I thought that that was, that was uh, really, really cool. Uh, that's one of our two guests this week, our other guest coming up in just a little bit. We're going to talk a little flag football. Yeah, I'm excited. So we had the Clash of Champions last Thursday. It was a huge success, as we all knew it would. So many eyeballs on the stream game. The tournament featured Southeast Bullock. They beat Hillgrove 13 to nothing. Archer defeated Portal 6 to nothing. Marietta took down the host West Forsyth 19 to nothing. So three blankings, John. You were on the sidelines for all of the action. Tell me your biggest takeaways from the Clash of Champions. Well, first off, shout out to Brett Phipps and everybody up at West Forsyth to, to make sure that uh, it would go off without a hitch. And uh, all right, so since for those who are watching on the video version, I'm going to violate a, a TV tenant here. So hang on just a second. Uh, I have some things that are for. Uh oh, what did you do, John? <laughs> OK, so so here's here's here as promised. Once again, this is from Brett and everybody at West Forsyth. This, this, this goes. Oh, this goes my t-shirt. Your your inaugural Clash of Champions t-shirt with the date and location, and on the oh, back, on the back. Once again, thanks to our friends at West Forsyth. You have your matchup page. Okay, that's cool. And, and down at the bottom, you, there's uh, three letters that our are. Logo, GPB. So that that's uh, that's one that came from our friends at West Forsyth. I'm wearing that on the podcast next Monday. Well, and also, in addition to that, we also have, from our friends at Portal, we have their homecoming t-shirt. Oh, my gosh, John. Thank you. B-Town Panthers. There's Portal, and once again, you know, right there, the Panthers down the down the town uh, Panthers. Down the spine, but yes, it is, it is a P-Town it is a P-Town t-shirt for Hannah. So Hannah gets two more t-shirts to add to her stacks. Thanks to our friends at Portal and West Forsyth for Clash of Champions. So it'll be it'll be fun to catch up with with Marcy Cochran coming up in just a little bit to get the, the lay of the land from Southeast Bullock and find out what it was like to, to go from uh, Brooklet to West Forsyth High School. And I mean, that was that was a uh, an absolute that's a field trip. 
that that's a pack of lunch and a dinner and maybe a midnight snack field trip for them to to be involved but it was it's great to see them and great to have everybody who was uh who was paired up in that one for those three matchups there for Clash of Champions. The inaugural Clash of Champions here for flag football here with the GHSA in 2022. Well, let's go ahead and catch up with Coach Cochran and get her perspective on the day as well. Southeast Bull Lake flag football head coach, Marcy Cochran joining us now from her car. Coach, explain to you why, explain to us why you're calling in from your car. Well, we had practice this morning and then my parents unexpectedly decided to come have lunch with us on their way home from fishing. So we were out to eat lunch with my family or my parents and I cut my lunch date short so I could join y'all today. And my children are about to join us in the car as well. So nothing like a live audience when you're doing, you're doing an interview, right coach? That's right. Oh, there they are. If you're watching on the video. Hey, hey. Okay, cool. Well, let's get to the Clash of Champions last Thursday. You defeated Hillgrove 13 to nothing. Take us through that game and what this season has been like so far. Okay, well, start off, I'll just go through the season first. To go through the season, uh, we thought we were coming back really strong, only lose, losing one player. And then, of course, you know, our quarterback, Ainsley, went down. And um, so we had to regroup a little bit and put Corinne in there, who's normally our up back. And so um, that sort of drained the, you know, the emotions a little bit. Everybody was running high. And then we're like, oh, gosh, here we go. We got to start over again. So we got that going and got Corinne going pretty well and had to put a new corner in with Ava, um, take Ainsley's spot there. And um, so we started off a little rocky. You know, Corinne had to start off um, a lot of pressure on her just following Ainsley. And then, of course, being defending state champions, going 19-0, no pressure whatsoever, right? So <laughs> she had to get all that under control. And um, she's gotten better, of course, every game we've gotten or every game we've played. Um, and then we get to the Hillgrove game, and we were all real nervous um, just because they're the defending three um, three Division three champions, seven A school, we're a quad A school. So um, just bigger, bigger people, bigger numbers to choose from. And um, so we were a little nervous. I was nervous, I'm not gonna lie, because um, we wanted to show people that we could play with the best of the best. And we got there and um, first drive, we should have scored and uh, threw an interception at the goal line. I was like, oh no, how's Karen gonna handle this? You know, she's not Ainsley, she's not straight faced. Um, she shows her emotions a little more than Ainsley does. So we had, we had to talk about that. She did good, she held herself together. You know, our defense is really good again this year. Not, um, we're still working to be as good as we were last year because we did lose a big player in Elena, but we're filling her hole pretty good. And of course, Ainsley being out, so there's two holes there. But um, I just told her, if you can just keep us in the game, our defense will do their job. You just you know, have confidence in what you're doing. And she did, and she came back and rallied real well. And, um, brought, you know, we um, came back and scored two really quick at the end of the first half. And we know our, our goal is if we can get two touchdowns, our defense should be able to hold us pretty much. So um, that's the philosophy we have, score two and let the defense do the rest. So what has it been like for you to help build this program and really give something for the folks there in Brooklyn and in Southeast Bullock, something to hang their hat on. What's it been like to build this thing? Um, you know, it started off um, I'm, uh, when they asked me to come out and be the coach. Um, I knew I had a good group of girls to work with. If I could just get them to invest in flag football, I know that we could be good. Um, coaching most of them in middle school help um, know had a relationship with them already. So we got them out and um, in our parent meeting. We basically told the girls and them that um, I was here. We're here to win a state championship. That's what we're going to do. And you got to buy in. Just 
believe in us. It's going to be a little crazy ride because we're all learning. The state of Georgia is still trying to learn. There's going to be some crazy things happen. And, you know, we should all got to be on the same page and agree to disagree sometimes. So we all bought in. And um, when we started winning, guess we never really lost so when we kept winning people kept getting more and more involved in our program and at the beginning um our community really thought it was more like a powder puff we're just going to come out there and hang out and, and then they were like oh god this, this is serious um our community bought in and we try to be more um visual out in the community and you know go out and get them to come in and play or you know try to get people out to our games and stuff and um but building the program, it's been tough because you do have to share athletes. And I do give credit to my administration because that was one thing that I said, if I'm going to coach, I get to choose from the best of the best in our school. There's no limitations. And so that was part of the deal when I came on board was everybody that wanted to play flag football would get that opportunity to play. Whether they played any other fall sport or winter sport, we would make it work. So kudos to the coaching staff of every female staff at fall and winter at Southeast for working together to make sure we could get everybody on the field that we needed to be successful. And that is one reason we are very successful because I do get to choose from the best athletes in my school to come play. Um, but once you start winning, Winning. Of course, everybody wants to play, so that makes it a little easier. Um, we have really tried to go out in our community this year. We, um, our rec uh, department, has had this is their second year as well as during flag football. So we went to a couple of practices. They came to some of our games, and on Saturday we had an invitational, and then we um, have been out, you know, cheering them on at their games, trying to make that a little, you know, grow it out there in the sport in the right department so to help build our program as well we're looking to try to get a middle school team club team going um the problem is we don't really have anybody else to play so we're working on that um some other coaches around us has agreed to maybe start looking into that for next year just you know maybe not at a big level just a, you know very small level next year to hopefully get them going so it won't be as hard when they get to high school on us because that to me that's one of the hardest things is getting everybody on board like today when we practice we were missing all of our softball and volleyball players so when we put in a new play or try to go over defense and half of them aren't there it makes practice really really hard but um it's it's been fun my last question for you, coach, you were 19 and 0 last year, 7 and 0 this year. So you're 26 and 0 and you win a state championship in your first year as a program. What was that like? I know John, my math, that, my math was right. <laughs> Wait, that's right. <laughs> no, it's, but it's like, but no, I'm just, you know, when you're, when you're giving her all these numbers, it's like, yeah, Marcy's like no pressure. I know it's just like, you know, we haven't, we haven't lost. I was just making sure my math was right. Okay. We all know that's not my strength. Okay. So 26 and 0, you win a state championship in your first season. What was that like? And what is it also like to coach with your husband, Nick? Well, if you were at practice today, you would have been laughing because the girls were laughing at us too. Um, he was actually at practice today because um, he coaches middle school football. They actually have a game today at five due to a weather lightning delay last week. So um, he was actually there the whole practice today. And normally we split it up. He'll go to middle school practice and then he'll come over. He's in charge of the defense. So he'll go over defense and stuff while I'm doing offense. And then when he gets there, we sort of switch it up. So that's how it normally works. Because when I start coaching basketball, he'll do defense. And then when I come from basketball practice I'll take over the offensive part so it's like a tag team effort there but we um well last on the GPTV the other day or whatever we were on GPB it um he threw his visor at me because I was like I told the quarterback exactly what I wanted her to do no matter what I said I just want you to do it and he threw his visor at me I'm like oh god you didn't get on TV did you he's like no it's okay. <laughs> 
it's a running joke. My girls, they make fun of us all the time. My own children, they're like, how many visors does daddy throw in my own today? You know, so we, it's, 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 um, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's hard. Um, living together, working together. At least we don't teach in the same school. So that makes it a little bit better. I teach at the elementary school. He's at the middle school. So uh, we don't have to see each other all day, every day. But it is nice, too, because coaching meeting, we're at the house. We don't have to go to the office and do it. Um, and we do have our disagreements. But I do – I we give and take. We really do. He, he listens to me. Sometimes I yell at him. and Sometimes he yells at me. But we leave it all at the field. We come home most of the time. I think we only brought it home one time. And I was like, get over it. It's fine. It doesn't matter. We won. Who cares? So, um, but as far as going, um, you know, winning undefeated last year, that set the bar really, really, really high. Um, not many programs do that, especially go undefeated without even a tie. Um, in the first year was very, very um, – I, it just really set the bar high now you know I do know some people like gosh we're not winning as much as or as that many points as we did last year um at this time of the year uh, but everybody in the state of Georgia has got better we've already played better teams than we played last year and that was the goal we got to play better teams so we can get better instead of just waiting to the playoffs to reach these good teams so we like played Pace Academy played long um then we played Hillgrove we have Greenbrier, who's supposed to be coming in next week, but um, I got to call them today. Um, they moved the tackle football game to our Thursday when we were supposed to have their game, so we're going to see if we can get that rescheduled because they're a good team too. So um, it is the expectations are high, set high. It was set high when we came in as the coaching staff. We told them, you know, this is what we're here to do. We're here to win, and we're going to play the best of the best to win. And so that's what we really want to do. And um, just to keep that bar high is. Um, you got to give and take a little bit on that situation, too, because the pressure is on the girls. They, they did feel it at the beginning, especially when Ainsley went down. Um, and then Korean feels a lot of pressure. So sometimes we just have to have light practices and just goof around and stuff just so they know that, you know, it's still a game. We can still have fun because um, there is a lot of pressure. Marcy Cochran, co-head coach of the Southeast Bullock flag football team, undefeated as a program, part of Clash of Champions last week on GPB. Marcy, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for ducking into your car and, and uh, during lunch after practice to hang out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Once again, great to see you up at West Forsyth and uh, continued luck the rest of the way this season. We'll be keeping an eye on things down there in Southeast Bullock down there in Brooklyn. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a great day. Luna's back to wrap this up. Great to hear from Coach Cochran. Luna and wants to leave the room. Wants to do. <laughs> Look at her face. She looks miserable. She wants to leave. She wants to leave. She's had enough of her cameo. So if she I'm, wants to go, let her go. I'm forcing her to do this wrap up. Okay, so great to hear from Coach Cochran. Um, if you're a flag football fan, we will be having a stream game every single Thursday, including this Thursday on GBB gbb.org slash sports, the GBB sports app, everywhere that it was last week. I think we're streaming on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and, and Twitch and all the different places. So you can't miss it. We will be announcing the game very soon. So also follow us on social media at GBB sports for that announcement. Mm -hmm. And uh, Luna still wants to leave, by the way. Nope. Yep, she Luna loves flag football. Big yeah. oh, I'm flag sure she football. loves flag football. She just doesn't like being a part of the video version of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Uh, football Fridays in Georgia, you mentioned Thursday, uh, Friday this week. It is another huge region battle, probably another de facto region championship in Region 27A. Carrollton and Westlake from Westlake, recruiting 2022, starts things off at 7 o'clock. Kickoff with Carrollton, who comes in at 8-0. 
Westlake, who comes in at 5-2, and 1-0 in region play. Carrollton right now, 2-0 in region play. This one will probably decide the region title there in region two. Juju Lewis, the freshman quarterback yeah. for Roy King and Carrollton, looking forward to seeing him. And we've seen Westlake already this year, the dominant performance that they had when Crisp came north from Cordial. So we know how big those offensive and defensive lines are. And when you have a player like Avion Terrell, for uh, Westlake and Enrico Zachary. This one's going to be a big test for a freshman quarterback, I think. Yeah, Carrollton's two region wins, East Coweta and Pebblebrook, and then the Lions have defeated Pebblebrook as well. So both kind of winning that same region matchup, so we will see. And our web game, Region 6-7A showdown between Denmark, who's 5-2, and 1-1 one and one in region play. Lambert undefeated 7-0, and 2-0 oh, oh in region play. So... John, this is likely for the the leader in in that region, correct? In the winner, yeah, yeah, because Milton right now is in between both of them. The way that things are lined up, Milton right now two and zero, four and three on the year. But you've also got South Forsyth, who right now is at one and one, four and three on the season. And West Forsyth and Forsyth Central have lost their first two region games, so they've got some work to do if they want to try to work their way into the three and the four. But right now, everybody's bunched up with a couple of games left in the in uh, the regular season. You've got three games left for all of these teams as they chase after the, the region title there in region six. But yeah, Lambert right now could make a statement beating Denmark and chasing after that third win of the year, going undefeated in the region at three and up. Awesome. Well, our staff is not fully here with us. It's just you and I, John. But oh, we that's right. still... Yeah, we've got to do the staff whip around. Yeah. We still have to do the staff whip around, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> go, ahead say, go, and, go ahead and say why. Go ahead and say why it's unfortunate. Lakeside, Decatur, and Central Macon were off. Yep. Darlington remains the only undefeated team in the group. They're 8-0 after awesome. winning 34-14 over Pepperell. Mm-hmm. Parkview beat Archer 33-7 to go 6-1. And, yep. and my Trojans yes. lost to Alpharetta 22-21. No. Well, actually... That's true, but you can also add another uh, 48, uh, 38 points. To 48. Okay. 48. Okay. It was yeah, so. 70 to 21 in their three and four on the year. Yeah. So Alpharetta knocked off Lassiter 70 to 21. So, and, and you know, by the way, thanks to our friends at the uh, Georgia High School Football Daily, because mm-hmm. uh, you look on the scoreboard mm-hmm. and, and uh, the Alpharetta Lassiter score is first. <sighs> well, that's what they did it alphabetically, but still by, by winter, but still out. I'll, I'll have to give Todd a call. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, excuse me, sir. You'll have to do things in a non-alphabetical order when it comes to teams winning as it just so happens. Yeah. Alpharetta was the, the, uh, the most first alphabetical team there. So Alpharetta right before Apple. most first alphabetical team on that note, John. <laughs> there. Alphabet- <laughs> yeah, see Alpharetta and then Appling. So there you go. Most first alphabetical. All right, guys. I think that's a show. I, I think, think Luna, I think Luna wants a treat. Yeah, Luna <laughs> Luna's out the door and wants a treat. So uh we kick off. Join us Thursday noon GBB Sports Facebook Live yep. for our previews and our recaps. That's been a that's been a fun show this year. Yep. And so let's see for uh, Jake the Snake, for King James, for Ambassador Jeremy, for Commander Sandy, and uh, for us. I'm just John, and uh, she's Hannah. She's the brains of the operation. That's another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy your games. See you soon.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.